The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. And it won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To his majesty He can save you from the might of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. God does not leave us without very specific instruction regarding the times in which we live. I refer you to Matthew, the 24th chapter, and we're going to begin reading in verse 27. But before we do, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I bring this message today at your command. I ask that you would make it absolutely clear to the heart of every person listening that they would take this warning to heart and they would prepare. They would prepare in every way for what we are about and, in fact, have already begun to enter into. I know the time is very short until you will appear in the clouds of heaven and will redeem your people. Lord, would you have your way today? Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Matthew 24, I'll begin in verse 27. For just as the lightning comes out from the east and is visible to the west, so also the coming of the Son of Man will be. Now, we're not going to set dates. We know that no man knows the hour. Only the Father in heaven for the coming of Jesus. But there are some very clear signs. We need to be aware of those. Scripture gives us a timeline to eternity. You realize we're not on a timeline to destruction. We're on a timeline to eternity. To an eternity either in hell or an eternity with Jesus Christ. Verse 29, And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give her light, and the stars will fall from the heaven, and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. And at that time, the son of the son of man, the sign of the son of man will appear in the heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming upon the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. With power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather his elect out of the four winds from the ends of the heavens to the ends of them. Now you must learn this parable from the fig tree, when already its branches become tender and the leaves may put forth, you know that the summer is near. So also, you, when you may see all these things, you may understand that it is near at the door. Truly, I say to you, this very generation may by no means pass away until all these things may happen. The heaven and the earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now about the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of the heavens, except the Father, the Father only. But just as the days of Noah were, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man, For as they were in the days before the flood, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered into the ark, and they knew not until the flood came and swept away every person, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. At that time, two men will be in the field, one will be taken, and one is left. Two are grinding at the mill, one is taken, and one is left. So you must keep on being watchful because you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. 
Now, if you would turn with me to the book of Revelation, many of these things are spoken of in the book of Revelation. Now, I've studied the book of Revelation from the time I was a child. Most of what I was taught, I have not found to be accurate in the scripture. And I've had to go through a sorting process to find what is the simple truth of scripture. Now, that search for truth has caused me to carefully look at the context of every passage of Scripture. A passage of Scripture does not stand on its own two feet by itself. It is found in the context of the Word of God, and the Word of God does not disagree with itself. It walks together. And so today, I'd like very simply to walk through the scripture in the book of Revelation, in the order in which it appears. I am not so wise as to think that I can change the order of scripture as it is laid out in the book of Revelation. Rather, I must look carefully at the order to understand the timeline for eternity and the coming of Jesus. And so we're going to begin in the fourth chapter. I want you just to follow with me. We're speaking about things of utmost importance. We're speaking about things that should control what you do with your time, your money, your energy, what you do in your family. Do not imagine that you're going to be able to continue living a normal American life. I know some of you will be offended by my saying this, but Donald Trump is not your savior. And Joe Biden certainly is not your savior. Government is not your savior. We have but one savior. His name is Jesus. And it's necessary that we look very carefully at the timeline of eternity to see what Jesus is doing in time, in space, in history. So we begin looking at this timeline as it is outlined in chapter 4. And there's a very specific point I want you to grasp in chapter 4, and that is, Nothing that is happening in our world today is happening by chance. It is happening by design. First, it is happening by the design of Jesus Christ. For he is the one who will release the four horses of the apocalypse. These four horses will gallop across the earth and they will set the stage for the coming of Jesus Christ for his people. After that, we will continue with the remaining seals, trumpets, thunders, and absolute judgment and punishment for the beast power for those who worship the beast power. And out of all of that ending, he will redeem a Jewish people of 144,000. That is what the scripture says. And so let's begin. Let's walk through it. It is not human wisdom I am sharing. I am not a financial advisor. But I am sharing with you a prophetic advice that will include get your money out of the bank. That will include remove your money from the market. Do not count on living a normal American life, retiring, having your good golfing days. It's not going to happen. We are on a 
countdown to eternity. And we need to see that timeline, and we need to see, according to the book of Revelation, exactly where we are in that timeline. Now, I could bring to you the books of Daniel and Zechariah and other resources, but today we just want to see clearly from the book of Revelation what it says about where we are at in the countdown to eternity. The timeline, it is quickly running out. And I want you to prepare your life accordingly for the time in which we live. Can you imagine what it was like one year, two years, before Noah finished the ark and the great flood came? There were very specific signs that were given to the people of Noah's day. Oh, they came and they scorned him. They laughed at this preacher building this huge ark out in the middle of nowhere. No ocean close by, no body of water close by. And may I remind you, they even saw the animals. I'm sure that news flashed across the earth. Animals are coming from every direction. And they're forming a great long line. And Noah is taking them into the ark. And yet they would not enter in. They would not make the decision that would save they and their family. Likewise, it's going to be, Jesus said, like it was in the day of Noah. You will see the signs. You will get dreams and visions. The Lord God of heaven will speak to you in a number of different ways. If you do not obey what the Lord has called you to, you will be swept away. That's what the scriptures are saying. So, okay, let's go to the timeline. Chapter 4 of the book of Revelation. After these things, what things? After the messages to the seven churches. After these messages, I looked, and behold, a door having been opened in heaven. And the first voice that I heard is like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, You must come up here, and I will show you what has to happen before these things. And after these things. So, now we are going to look into the heavenly realm, not the physical realm. Everything emanates out of the heavenly realm. All that is happening on the earth today is triggered by Jesus Christ in the command center, in the heavens, in the tabernacle of God. The horses are brought out, and they are told to charge across the earth. Those are the four horses of the apocalypse. And immediately I was in the spirit, and look, a throne was standing in heaven, and one is sitting upon the throne. Now there is a detailed description of that throne, and it is completely beautiful and powerful. It is God the Father. Around that great throne, there are 24 thrones. And on the thrones, 24 elders or 24 human persons are sitting on those smaller thrones. They've been clothed in white garments. According to the 19th chapter of Revelation, the white garments represent holiness, the holy acts of the saints. They've been dressed. They are acting in accord with the will of God. Upon their heads, golden crowns they have received already, their rich reward for walking in holiness. And lightnings and sounds and thunders are coming out from the throne, and seven lamps of fire are burning before his throne. These are the seven spirits of God. Now, I don't know if this is symbolic, if those lamps are actually there burning. I don't know that, and Revelation doesn't tell us. We're looking into a place where we are not accustomed to look. And so we're not going to understand everything we see. But the timeline is going to be made very clear to us. 
before the throne a sea as as of glass like crystal. In the midst of the throne and around the throne are four living beings full of eyes in front and behind. The first living being is like a lion. The second living being is like an ox. The third living being, the face of a man. The fourth living being is like an eagle flying. Do you recognize these? These are the four corners of the zodiac that keep the time of the heavens. In other words, God controls the times in which we live, and each one of these zodiac signs will release one of the horses of the apocalypse. Now notice, verse 8, And the four living beings, each one having up to six wings around and within, they are full of eyes, and they have no rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, the one who was, the one who always being, and the one coming. And when the living beings may give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one living forever and ever, the twenty-four elders will fall down before the one sitting on the throne and will worship the one living forever and ever, and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, our Lord and God the Holy One, to receive the glory and the honor and the power, for you created all things, and by your will they were existing, and so they were created. And we know that Jesus is the Creator God. The Gospel of John, first chapter, Hebrews, the first chapter, Colossians, the first chapter, all tell us that Jesus is the creator God. Now, I want you to see these events are taking place outside of the purview of the human race, but they dramatically impact us. I want you to hear that and catch it and, and, and let it be sinking into your spirit that man is not in charge, that God is in charge. No, I want you to also see that these beings, these 24 elders, and all the other living creatures in heaven are rejoicing. They're worshiping. They're excited because they know that what is coming will be the final release of God's actions on the earth that will bring his bride to heaven for the great wedding feast of the Lamb. Satan seduced the bride of God. Satan seduced Adam and Eve and the whole human race. But events are taking place now, 2,000 years after Jesus paid the price on Calvary. Now, the timeline is short. Now we look in the book of Revelation, chapter 5. And I saw on the right hand of the one sitting on the throne a book, having been written on within and on the outside, having been sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break the seals of it? But no one in heaven above, neither upon the earth, nor upon the earth or under the earth, was able to open the book, not even to look in it. So I was weeping bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the book, not even to look in it. Why was he weeping? Because he knew that this book was the outline of the final events of earth's history that would deliver God's people out of the clutches of the devil, and they would reside with the Lord God of heaven. But if the book could not be opened, there was no final resolution, and the devil would continue to rule upon the earth, and his people would be lost, and the followers of Jesus would be lost. 
And the very idea causes him to weep in great sorrow. He's overcome. But one from among the elders says to me, You must stop weeping. Look, the lion out of the tribe of Judah prevailed, the root of David, the one opening the book and the seven seals of it. And I saw in the midst of the throne and of the four living beings and in the midst of the elders, a lamb having stood as having been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God having been sent out into all the earth. And he came, and he's taken the book out of the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the book, the four living beings and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each one having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the holy ones. Holy ones in the Greek is a past tense, saying in the past they were made holy. They no longer walked in sin. They are pure and clean. Praise God. You can be pure and clean today depending on the decisions you make about whether you want to participate with Jesus in this final, great, climatic, catastrophic event leading up to his second coming. Will you be faithful to Jesus? Or will you bow to the powers of the beast and receive the mark of the beast and be condemned to hell? You will have to make that decision. Now we look in Revelation, the fifth chapter. They are singing a new song. You are worthy to take the book and to open the seals of it For you were slain and reduced as to God by means of your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and you made them a royal power and priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. I want you to see that Revelation is not a doomsday book. Revelation is the story of God's final great actions as he steps in and says, the earth is mine and these people are my people and I'm taking them back, Satan. And I'm bringing judgment upon you. Verse 11, I looked. I heard as a voice of many angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders and the number of them were countless thousands and thousands upon thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb, the one having been slain to receive the power and the riches and the wisdom and the might and the honor and the glory and praise. And every created thing that is in the heavens and on the earth, and under the earth, and on the sea. And I heard all things in them saying, The blessings, and the honor, and the glory, and the might be to the one sitting on the throne, and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. And the four living beings are saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is all taking place in heaven where we can't see. We have a window into the actual throne room of God where we are watching now as he begins the final countdown of history for earth, for the cataclysmic judgment that will decide for his people and bring them home. And for the final, the final destruction of the devil and the beast power, the one world government. Don't worry about the one world government. It will be a very short-lived beast. It will think it has the total power and it will rule over the earth for three and a half years and then it will be utterly destroyed and cast out. 
and God will deal with wickedness, and all sin will be removed, and the earth will be cleansed by fire. But if you're in Jesus, you will be with him in glory. And so now we come to the first horse of the apocalypse. And I saw that the Lamb opened one from among the seven seals. And I heard one from among the four living beings saying as a sound of thunder, You must come and you must look. I looked and behold a white horse and the one sitting upon him having a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering, that he may conquer. You notice it's a white horse, claiming to be the good guys. They wear white helmets today. You can identify them very quickly. Blue helmets, white trucks, He does not gain his power by warfare. He gains his power by having the power given to him. He is given a bow, a sign of warfare. He is given a crown, a sign of authority, of rulership. And now with what has been given to him, a bow and a crown, and a good guy's white horse, he goes out and gallops across the earth. Who is it? Is it Jesus? No. When Jesus comes on the white horse, the entire armies of heaven will follow behind him. No, this is the Antichrist. Many years ago, they began the process of organizing the occult one-world government. But it really took shape in the League of Nations after the First World War. And then it received a huge burst as the League of Nations recognized it was not strong enough, it was not broad enough, and it gave all of its authority and all of its power to what we know today as the United Nations. The United Nations is the very center of the organization for the world beast power. The United States has funded that beast power's beginning because there is a part of America that is also not Christian, but very, very much occult, demonic. And so we have helped this horse of the apocalypse as it has galloped across the earth with its Antichrist riding to form and shape that one world government. Klaus Schwab today is the epitome of the organization saying, soon you will own nothing and you will be happy. Well, who owns it? Of course, he does. And the, the head of the one world government, the beast power, the Antichrist. So we're seeing that this has rapidly been developed. The plans are laid. And now they have declared in the public news sphere that hunger is necessary to bring about the submission of people to the one world government. And we are looking now at that reality. But don't let me get ahead of myself. Come back with me. The second horse is about to gallop across the earth. This is the second seal. Now, I want you to notice there are four horses of the apocalypse. Why? 
because the four horses of the apocalypse are the four horses that set up the final confrontation where Jesus comes to take his people home. That's what I find in Revelation. Now, you may disagree. Pastor, are you a pre-trib? Are you a post-trib? Are you a mid-trib? No, I'm a biblical person who follows exactly what it says. So I'm not going to identify myself with any group of people. I'm going to identify with the step-by-step process outlined in the book of Revelation. Let me share it with you. This is chapter 6, verse 3. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living being saying, You must come. And another horse went out, red like fire. And to the one sitting upon it was given to him to take peace from the earth, so that they may kill one another. So a great sword was given to him. The great sword in the Greek is a dirk. It is a short, deadly sword for killing up close. There is a fire, and we've seen the fires burning across the world. We see now the fire of drought burning up much of the United States. Two-thirds of the United States today is in pretty severe drought. And it's not just in America. It's in many parts of the world. Drought is always a sign of God's judgment that he has withdrawn his Holy Spirit. Now, I would also say that it is a direct sign of weather modification being done by world governments under the direction of the United Nations. Now, we find great loss of life. First World War, Second World War, wars that America is involved in, wars that other nations are involved in. Great numbers of people were murdered by their own governments in the 20th century. The 21st century looks like it will also be a century of bloodshed. And in this century, Jesus will come and stop it and say, enough, I'm done. Now we come to the third horse of the apocalypse. I believe we are still seeing the effects of the first and second horse of the apocalypse. These are not things that just drift away and are gone, but they continue into the next apocalyptic horse. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living being saying, You must come, and you must look. And behold, a black horse, the one sitting upon him having a pair of scales in his hand. What are scales for? For measuring. We're looking at what is being called in the secular press. Even Bloomberg and other national news sites are saying we are looking at a great financial reset in the world. Fiat currency. You know what it means, fiat currency? It means currency that has nothing of value backing it up. It's a It's like monopoly money, except people have confidence in it and use it for trade and for purchasing. But it has no value, and so governments can print as much of the fiat currency as they desire, and the result is inflation, reducing the value of every dollar. And we have inflation now. I tell you, When I was a child, I came out of the country. I was riding with mom and dad. My brother Don and I were in the car. 
And Daddy said, would you like an ice cream cone? A soft ice cream cone? I said, what? What is that, Daddy? Well, he stopped and he went into a store and he came out soon. And he had these ice cream cones, flat bottom. I I remember I could sit them in the car on a on a hard surface. We were riding in a 1936 Chevrolet, a beautiful old car. Dad went in and got those ice creams for us. Can you guess how much he paid? A nickel apiece. I remember when I was just getting my first car, I paid 18 cents a gallon for gas. Well, has has gas gone up that much? No. Has ice cream gone up that much? You know what you'd pay today for an ice cream cone? Yeah, three or four dollars minimum. Some places five or six. Is it that ice cream has become more expensive? Or is it that that gas has become more expensive? No. It's that the dollar has been inflated and has lost its value. More than 90% of the value of the American dollar has been lost. How is that possible? Because central banks print money. And every additional dollar that is printed is a debt instrument. I won't go into where does money come from, but you need to learn about that. We find here in this third seal, a black horse with a scale in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living beings saying, a quart of wheat for a day's pay and three quarts of barley for a day's pay. But do not damage the olive the olive orchard of the vineyard. What's he talking about? Well, we know that a quart of wheat is enough nutrition to supply one person, one man working with the necessary calories to support his life. We know that barley does not have the same nutritional value. So for barley, you are requiring three quarts of barley for the nutritional value to feed a man for a day, a working man. Now, what about his wife? What about the children? Well, you see quickly that the food is not going to go around. It is going to be hunger time. I just saw a statistic. Just over 50% of Americans, parents, skipped at least one meal a day to be able to have enough food to feed their family, their children. Famine is coming to America. We are witnessing the closing down and a reset for our money in America. That's why I say, get your money out of the bank. You know, when I was a kid, Dad always had a container that he would, a bag that he would put his money in, cash money. Dad always had cash money. Why? Well, in part because in his business, he always paid for cash, the freight, cash, I would urge you to begin using primarily cash in your dealings. And the old timers coming out of the great financial tragedy of 1929 learned that they could not trust the bank and the old timers had a inbuilt distrust 
of the banks. My grandpa, Rollo Strauss, my mother's father, was a builder. He had built three homes, and he had sold all three with deposits on them. And then came the great crash, and Grandpa was left holding the bag. He couldn't sell those houses. He could keep the deposits, but he could not keep the houses, and the bank repossessed them, and he had to declare bankruptcy. Fortunately, he was able to keep a large truck, an old-fashioned truck to be sure, but a large truck that he used for delivery to the ranches on the, out of the East Hills, out of Laramie, Wyoming, out of Bosler, Wyoming. This great reset is coming again, except this time it's going to be much, much worse than 1929. And you better have your resources in something that has value, something that is solid, a commodity that you know may lose value, but you still have it, whether that's a house paid for, whether it's gold or silver, whether it's the kingdom of God. You need your your money out of the bank and you need your money out of your investments. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm simply sharing what the prophetic word of God is saying. And if he's given you indications, then you better act on those indications from the Holy Spirit. And don't be like the people in the days of Noah who refused to obey and refused to act until it was too late. Now, can I tell you, when I'm going to take a flight, say to Seattle, Washington, and that flight is leaving at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I show up at 9 o'clock and say, I'd like my flight, they're going to say, I'm sorry, sir, that flight already left. I can tell you now, if you pass the point where the Lord has told you things are going to crash, and you did not heed that word and did not put aside anything, you will be left holding the bag. I pray that you will have the wisdom to hear this third horse of the apocalypse as it goes charging across the face of the earth. For there is coming now and has even yet today begun a great financial crash and reset. Now, again, I want to say to you, remember, all of this has come out of the the book with the seals. And these horses of the apocalypse that are going charging across the face of the earth are the very directions of Jesus by the Father that will determine the outcome of the history of the earth. And I can already tell you what the outcome is. I've, I've read Revelation 21 and 22. I know how it ends. It ends with the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Beautiful. It comes in power. And there is a wedding feast of the Lamb being prepared for you and for me if we will obey and turn from our sin. The judgment of God, the storm is upon us. It is now hitting America. It will become much, much worse. Jesus is the only shelter for this storm. And if you don't heed my word now, it may be too late for you. So tomorrow, I'm going to continue with the fourth seal of the apocalypse. Invite a friend to listen with you. Tomorrow, we'll review briefly these first three horses of the apocalypse. And then we're going to go to the fourth horse. 
And the fourth horse is terrible beyond words. And if you are not clearly understanding the times, you will be swept away even as the people in Noah's day were swept away. And you will say, why didn't I listen to that pastor that was speaking about the four horses of the apocalypse? Why? Oh, God, save me. And it will be too late. It'll be over. And all that will be left is the salvation of 144,000 of Israel and the judgment upon the beast power and the destruction of the one world government and Satan being cast in Revelation 20 into the pit where he will remain for a thousand years while Jesus rules with his saints over the earth. And then will come the final battle, the battle of Armageddon. And then there will be peace in the earth as the earth is totally burned and we find a new heaven and a new earth. This is not fantasy stuff. This is reality. This is what is going to happen. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I want to just very quickly tell you, I was really becoming concerned about finances for the month of July. We had $870 donated toward the money, the bill for July. And then at the end of the week, we received a check for $1,000. So $1,870 has been given for the month of July. One of those, $1,000. Now, it so happens that that's just half of what we need for the month. I'm praying that as God moves in your heart, you'll be generous and give and keep this broadcast on the air for next month. Well, we're out of time for today. Let's pray. Lord, I lift up your holy name and I ask that you would give us clear, clean eyes and ears and hearts to finish this race and to be filled by your spirit and to be made ready for the great banquet table of your bride. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. Now you're welcome to write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And you can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online there. Dirk, thank you very much for your offering that came in this morning and others who have given. God bless you as you give. I pray the blessing of Jesus for you. I love you. I pray that today and tomorrow will be especially helpful. I'll talk to you soon. Through Jesus.